Hey there, Donna Ashton here for some real talk. Honestly, I don't like working that much, but I do like to make a lot of money. And I'm here to help you work less and make more so you can have your dream business. To be the boss on your terms, work when you want, from where you want, and maybe take Fridays off. This show is for coaches, consultants, and experts who want to leverage their time, make a bigger impact, and earn more money without working harder. Here's what you'll get on my show. Successful entrepreneurs revealing their best tips for a laptop lifestyle, my strategy and tools for creating courses, and the latest marketing trends to get your course sold. Basically, stories of real people living their dream business who also have the freedom to enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode. I am super honored and thrilled to have um, colleague and friend Hillary Johnson here today. And let me just read a little bit about her and we will just jump right in. So Hillary really recognized the need firsthand for true community support and education. This led her to create Hatch Tribe, an organization devoted to cultivating and connecting women entrepreneurs across the world where she helps them grow powerful, profitable, and sustainable businesses. So I'm honored again to introduce business growth coach and the founder and CEO of Hatch Tribe, Hillary Johnson. So welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you. Thanks, Donna. I'm so happy to be here. I remember about when I first heard about Hatch Tribe, I was thinking about this this morning, and it was when, gosh, I was thinking it's way back in like 2017 when I decided I was going to have an event, and I hadn't really been doing a lot of networking in Charleston, and I went to some other person, you know, went to another networking, and they're like, oh, you need to go to Hatch Tribe, Hatch Tribe is awesome, and I'm like, okay, and I remember them saying, yeah, you have to come down, it's like 8.45 in the morning, I'm thinking, okay, yes, <laughs> I remember coming down there and driving down there for the first time, and, but it was so different from anything that I had experienced, in, you know, in, in before, as far as networking, you just had you had it going on in there, and it just seemed like everyone was so thrilled to be there, and it was, I don't know, was it just a different caliber in as far as other networking, you know, meetings and things that I had gone to? I'm like, oh, this is the place to be. It was really um, well, impressive. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, our uh, MO from day one was like, there's kind of a negative connotation to the word networking. And what we found is when we asked women, especially, they did not like the term networking. And so yeah. we thought, okay, well, how do we how do we do this differently and how do we create an environment where people want to come and connect and and do what is networking but under kind of a different banner and so you know our mo always was just let's create a space where business owners can come together and they can be as they are it was just yeah. no expectation and that you know i really wanted to know everyone in the room and get to know them by name and know their businesses and you know develop true friendship and um, true connections and i think that that's that's a little different than what a lot of us experience going to networking events where it's like, you're just getting shoved business cards and you're kind of like, Ugh. it's more of a connection meeting where you really get to know people. And I was, that's one thing I was, I was like, wow, these people all know each other. That was like the first thing I kind of felt a little like an outsider, but it didn't take long to, you know, to, yeah. to, get, to kind of get in, but it felt like, Oh my gosh, these people were like talking to each other and, and they knew each other. And I thought that was really something instead of, 
like you said, just like here, 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 like people yeah. passing out business cards on tables and all of that. So yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah. I never wanted anybody to feel, um, like out of place. And I think it's probably even from my own experience growing up, it's like when you feel like you're the odd one out. And I just, yeah. I really, I take special care inside of our community of trying to make everybody feel really welcome, especially when they're new, because, you know, to your point, it's like you walk into a room and if you don't know anybody, there's those moments where you're like, mm, should I have come? <laughs> should I just leave? Right. Um, Sneak out the back door. Yeah. So I, I always liked finding people who were there for the first time and, you know, getting to know them and then introducing them to somebody that I thought that they could really find a good connection within the room. Yeah, it really was. A, it's, a, it's great. And I know you've evolved from just the Charleston area, right, to... Yeah. Yeah, we have members in our community that are all over the world. So, yeah. And that was, well, that was way before COVID. I mean, you've been building yeah. this, right? Yeah, COVID's just sent it into like overdrive. And of course, you know, live events and person events are just not happening right now. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's sad uh, in many ways not to be able to connect in person. But I, I feel really grateful that we have the tools and the system in place to be able to connect with our community virtually and keep yeah. going so much of the goodness that was already there. Yeah, because as entrepreneurs, we're just sitting here, you know, normally, <laughs> we're just sitting here. And now it's even worse. And we feel like, you know, we're scared to leave our house, we can't go out, we can't do things. And then we're even more isolated in our businesses than we were before so having that network having those connections and that place where you can you know do i know you 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 still have been running like the little speed meet and greets and doing you know happy hours or whatever like there's still some place to kind of get in touch and and talk with people and get support so that you're not you know just like sitting over here in the corner like just like what do i do and maybe maybe i won't continue to do this and it's hard enough to do it when you have support, but when you're in this kind of a situation, it's, it's great that you've, you know, already had things in place to, to move on and, and um, do it virtually. Yeah. And I think too, you know, when, when this started to kind of break loose, you know, in, in late March and April, you know, I, I immediately saw like, this is a real opportunity for us as an organization to serve and, and to serve in the way that we've always intended, but to do it in, in a, maybe in a way that was even more meaningful than ever before, because it's like at the core, we are a community centric organization. And, and the desire is that we, to your point, are truly supporting business owners at really any moment in time and yeah. thrust us all into a, just a, a depth of uncertainty and, and all those other feelings of like, I'm being, I'm alone all the time or I'm alone in my house with my kids and my spouse. And, you know, I'm, I'm not getting to do the work that I want and just, you know, or I don't even know what's happening in my business. Will I have to shut it? Will, will I be able to thrive? And I think for us, it just gave us an opportunity to say, Hey dude, we're with you. You know, you're not alone. We're all going through some version of uncertainty. And I guess in, in the, uh, similarity of that experience, there's a real bonding too, to yeah. say like, yeah, like it, we are with you a hundred percent of the way. Like we're going through the same stuff. Yeah. There is that, there is something nice to think that you're not alone and you're not isolated and doing it. You, you've got this, yeah, I've got your back. I'm going through similar things. Yeah. And that's what, that's been a, a great theme all along for you, like really to lead people. So let's dig into, um, you know, what's like, just tell us a little bit about why you started Hatch Tribe and what really motivates and like drives that for you, your big why behind it. 
Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, you know, initially, just the, the short version of this was I spent 10 years working in the corporate world and I was like climbing the corporate ladder and doing that thing. And I knew I wanted to leave. I wanted to start a business of my own. And so I made that decision about 10 years ago. And I started my very first business in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was producing festivals and events. And it was it was the dream, you know, it was what I had wanted to do for so long, but it was also a nightmare. You know, it was that for most of us, the first year is like, holy crap, what is going on? And, and the, the questioning and the constant cutting your teeth and like, there's just uncertainty and doubt. And it makes you question kind of even your own self-worth and your own self-value, you know, as you're going through this learning curve, because it is so steep. And so for me, Hatch Tribe was born out of that experience of my own experience of coming through those first couple years of business ownership and being like, man, there has to be a better way because I didn't know a lot of other business owners. I especially didn't know women business owners. I wanted places to get answers to my questions. I wanted to have a place to connect. I wanted to know if I was like crazy or <laughs> if other people were going through this stuff too. Um, so it was really born from like that, that experience that I had. Um, now it's transformed, you know, it, it started as like, let's build community around this. And then it's transformed and like, yes, we want community. And there's an education component, which is like, how can we help you shorten the learning curve? And not only in the first part of your business, but it's like, as you continue to grow, because so many of the women in our community, they're, they're established businesses. They're making money, but they're still learning. They're still figuring out how to scale, how to grow, how to bring on more people to their team. Um, so we want to provide the right resources to help people grow into it, you know, no matter how far along they are. Now, that said, the why, the why for me is very much about women's empowerment. It's I look at, there's a lot of things that influence the world at large and some of it is top down, you know, so right now is like many of us are going to vote, you know, we're electing officials that are going to have the ability from the top down to pass legislation that changes our world. But I believe that the, the groundswell is almost more important. It's what we're doing from the bottom up and that bottom up change is huge. And for us as women, we play a huge role in that. And especially for women entrepreneurs. So it's, if we look at the landscape of business ownership at large, still there are way fewer business owners that are women than there are men. If we look at the disparity in pay, it is still significant. Women entrepreneurs earn $40,000 average per year as an entrepreneur versus men at $55,000 average per year. So there's a gap of 15,000 just for entrepreneurs. Mm. So I look at that and I think, how do we help this? You know, how do we really further women in business, women entrepreneurs, and help them close that gap. But I think what that does is it really helps radiate to everyone. It's to fellow women, it's to our children, it's to the generations that come. Like, this is what's possible. You can do this. And so for me, it's like, it's about women's empowerment and it's about women's rights. And I believe that we can change that from the ground up. And to me, entrepreneurs are in such a unique position to be able to do that. So like it gives me chill bumps talking about it because it's like, this is my why, this is why I do what I do. 
I feel you. And I've, my kids have now they're seniors. Can you freaking believe it? They, I cannot. <laughs> they have watched me since they were in first grade. That's when I started my business. Yeah. They have watched the progression, of course, from not knowing what I'm doing and all the way up. And I'm hoping, you know, one of them is actually going into, well, you know, maybe <laughs> into sports management and sports communication and business, like cool. kind of bonding her love for sports and business. And my other one's like, I don't know that I could work a regular job, you know, after looking at what you're doing. And so I'm hoping, yeah. you know, whether they start their own business now or whatever, but some of that will, uh, you know, rub off on, hey, there yeah. are other options. Like you just don't mm -hmm. have to go into, you know, I didn't have that role model growing up as somebody who, a woman who had their own business or even a dad who had their own business, you know, yeah. just went and you got your job and that was the end. But I'm glad things are changed and hopefully um, more even now than ever. I think people starting their own businesses and seeing it's just, it seems so easy to get your own business at least started though. It's not easy to actually make money with it. <laughs> that's another, sure in some cases. Yeah. yeah. That's another story. But like you said, just the empowerment that the possibilities of it. And I see women just coming online and, you know, creating business yeah. quickly. So I hope that they do bridge the gap sometime soon. Mm -hmm. um, with, with that so that, um, you know, we, it shouldn't really matter women or, or man, you know, yeah. they be out there doing it, but it just feels like, you know, women are still, you know, behind a little bit in, in every way. And, and we're trying quickly to overtake and I think to just yeah. kind of catch up to what we should have had all along. Right. Well, I think it's, it's progress, you know, and I yeah. celebrate that. I think that we can definitely look at the gap and we can feel bad about the gap, but I also look at the other end and I'm like, dude, look at the progress we're making. I mean, if you, if you just look at the last hundred years, look at how much has changed for women, but you know, it's, it's continuing to show up and continuing to do that work and continuing in and, and my belief and where this is like a huge shift is like women supporting women was not a big thing 10 years ago. Yeah. It was more like cat fight your way with another woman. And it's like, what are we competing about? Like, this is stupid. This in many ways is why guys got further than women because it's like, they were not doing what we were doing. They were over there like, yeah, dude, what do you need? I'll make that referral. I'll make that connection. I'll help invest in this. They supported one another in a way that we were not. And I view it now that like, this is a new change. And for us to truly show up and to support other women, it's like, I can celebrate your success and it takes nothing away from me. Like we together are rising up and that's the win. So I do try to look at the positive and really celebrate it because we, we are making major shifts and major changes. So it's like, yeah, let's keep going. It does feel like, like at first, you know, I know just in my own, you know, I jumped in, like, this is the end of 2009, you know, where there's just not a whole lot of anything really. I mean, there's the beginning of, online business, but there were just a lot of men and a lot of that masculine energy. And I think it's just taken some time for women to figure out how to make it more feminine and how, like you said, to kind of stop the competition and, and, and supporting each other in a way that feels authentic and the way we want to do it. I'm seeing so much yeah. more of that authentic women. Like we don't have to market the way men do or just in this way, like we can do it in a helpful way. And it, it's, it's been a growing and a, um, a coming together. So I think, yeah. and, and, you know, it, hats off to you because you're creating the, the container, right. To have that place for women to come and support each other and, go, hey, this is really a lot better if I have someone to do this with than mm -hmm. rather than 
like, oh no, you're going to take my clients or <laughs> right. you know, that whole, there's not enough and all of that. So yeah. um, it's, it's really been um, a, a shift, but I, I feel like we're, we're on the rise when it comes to that. Yeah, and, I do too. Cool. So what about you and your business? Did you get up to a place when you were like, okay, it's time for me to start scaling and leveraging what I'm doing? And how did you do that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, specifically with Hatch Tribe, it's like we were doing live in-person events and we were doing them only in Charleston. And, you know, here we were developing a platform largely through social media that we had a following of people that were well outside of Charleston that were like, man, I want what you're doing. Like, how do we get some of this? And it became a question of, is the right method for us to scale through live events? And do we do these in other cities? And we tested it because we wanted to see, was that a model? And was it a model that we wanted to do? Short answer is we tested it and it was not. And then the other end was like, yes, we have other solutions that can actually help us do this work in a better way. And so the Hatch Tribe Collective is our membership site and that launched three years ago. And that's an extremely scalable part of our business that we will continue to grow. Um, And of course we have other courses and programs that we offer outside of that. But, you know, really I would say it was, probably about after year one that we were like, we need to find the right way to scale this. You know, there has to be another solution and there needs to be a way to, to really fulfill our mission uh, in a better way. So that very much pushed us online and I'm really happy that we made that move. Okay. So it wasn't so much that you were just like working a lot. It was more like, how can I expand? How can I scale? How can I reach more people who are asking over here? Hey, what about us? Right? Yeah. A hundred percent because it, you know, it's, I mean, again, if I kind of back up to the mission, it's like, you know, it only matters that I help one person, but I would really like to help a million people, you know, and it's like, how can I touch more lives and really touch more people in a way that's meaningful? And so, yeah, I mean, and I think that to your question, we would have killed ourselves if we'd gone the live event route Mm -hmm. because it's, it's just a different flow. And I know live events. I, that's what I did in my prior businesses before Hatch Tribe. And it was like, to me, they're easy, but it was not going to be easy for us to scale that and do it all across the U.S. and to pick the right cities and to put the right people in other cities to run the events when we wouldn't be there. And then to think about how to do that globally, it was like, damn, we're going to work really hard. Yeah. Like that's going to nearly kill us to do that. And we, so we just were like, no, that's just not the right, the right solution. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's good you had that foresight and so you didn't start going out and and uh, making that mistake on the you know before you got too deep in or whatever. Yeah, you tested totally. and said, okay, let's try it, and maybe this isn't the way we're going to do it. So yeah, and we tested it for a year. We picked um, two uh, two cities in the first year, and then about the second year because we were still kind of rolling off, we added another city, and so we were okay. testing three just to see what was going to really work for us and it was just becoming clear, you know, like that's just not it. So cool. Well, tell me about like your superpower. If you could say what it is that you can really help people do or what you see yourself as, as the the thing or your, your brilliance. Yeah. uh, That's that's a great question. Um, Hard to answer sometimes like what's my superpower? I mean, I would tell you that it's in many ways, it's just getting stuff done, but, but the, 
my angle into this is understanding the mental, emotional, or limiting belief roadblock that's getting in the way of getting this stuff done. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I work with clients and, and especially when I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, you know, often what shows up is a question that's practical. It's like, well, you know, how do I, and it's insert topic here, you know, like I want to do more videos. So like, talk to me about how do I do that? Like, what's the system I need? And we're talking about like processes and systems and equipment and topics. And then guess what they don't do? They don't make the videos. I'm like, <laughs> cool. What happened? And it's always something that's mindset related. So it's like every time, I, like I have a real gift for getting into my client's heads and being like, what's in there. And I can, I will pull it out and I'll be like, okay, let's keep digging until we find it. But once we land it, my clients are usually like, oh yeah, you nailed that. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we have to start. And, you know, I believe that half the battle of being a business owner is mindset. You know, it's, yeah, you got to know what to do, but you know, there's just stuff that shows up inside of your head that you have to process and work your way through. Uh, so that you can take really good, meaningful action in your business and not just get trapped in a pattern. Yeah, I think all too many times we get stuck in the the tactics, the like you said, the the doing, and that's just such a small part. It feels like that's everything, but it's not. If you don't do it, if you don't implement, or you're holding yourself back, or you're feeling like I don't know, you know, whatever comes up, all the stuff that comes up when yeah. we're when our, in our crazy minds and, and the limiting beliefs and this, and I don't know if I can charge that much. I don't know if I can yes. do that. I don't know if I can do a video. I don't know if I can create a course. I don't know if I can actually help someone, whatever, all of that stuff really will block everything. Like no amount of systems and processes will help you through yeah. that. And yeah. if you're really blocked. You're blocked. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I think that the, the two things that I see commonly, especially with women, is like there's one of them is this, you know, like it's a desire to have things be just right, you know, which is the perfectionist tendency. I've got it. I mean, I'm class A perfectionist and it's, you know, I can see that flaring up, you know, and, and I have to catch myself and be like, oh, wow, you've been working on that too long. Like you need to let it go. And so my mentor's advice is, you know, 70, 70%, that's perfect. A hundred percent, that's failure. Yeah. And I like that advice and it helped me reshape how I think about it. And I would say, you know, the other side of that is judgment. I think that, that especially as women, we don't want to be judged. And in many cases that prevents us from putting things out into the world. And so yeah. when you take that, I don't want to be judged in this perfectionist tendency, what we end up with is a whole lot of inaction, um, a whole lot of pulling back, holding back. And it's like, dude, your business is not going to win and it's not going to grow if it's not out it has to be out in front of your customer and your clients. It can't be held back on your computer or not done. That web, you know, that web page isn't going anywhere. You know, it doesn't matter what color that logo is or how long you've spent trying to make it look the best it's ever looked. But yeah, it's about getting it out. It's like that. I have the, I'm, I have to stick to the done is better than perfect. And I have tried yes. to live by that. I'm not a super perfectionist, but in the early days, I found myself spinning and there, especially when it's something that you really feel scared about, or I find myself 
well, I need to work on the laundry. Like I, I find anything else I could do when I don't uh -huh. want to do something else. Suddenly this other project just is really important. And I start spending hours over here and I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be getting this proposal out or, you know, yeah. doing that video or something. But we find a way to um, justify, well, I just have to work on this other thing real fast, you know, and then like four hours later, um, because we're scared or we just don't want to put it out there. And it, it is a hiding behind. I think my, my clients do it too. When I'm like, I am not sure about this title, you know, they're, they're right. Or I'm not sure about this logo or this. I'm like, you know what, just, we can change the title. Let's just start selling your course. Like who cares? Yeah. Let's just do it. But you know, they do get, I, many times people tell me they really want to have that um, they're, they're very concerned that they want to bring stellar content out. Mm -hmm. And especially if they are that type A or they've come from like a higher level corporate job or something, they want it to be the same level. But, um, yeah. and I think it really it comes from a good place, right? Like right. It's a good place to be of like, I want to serve a quality product or yeah. quality service to my clients. But yeah, I mean, the procrastination is usually avoiding what's uncomfortable. And I think that you know, we, we have to learn as business owners and as humans, frankly, just to embrace things that are uncomfortable because that's where you're growing. You know, if it's easy all the time, then you know, you're not growing. It's yeah. like, you've already figured it out. So there is a level of discomfort that I think is as humans, we have to be able to embrace. And, and especially when we're growing or learning something new, it's just going to be there and it's all good. You don't have to feel bad about it. And this is where having someone there to walk beside you helps you and when you have to kick their butt you kick their butt and when you yeah. have to hold their hand you hold their hand right like I think that's the thing otherwise they're like oh what's wrong with me I'm not doing it and again it goes back to having someone that you can kind of help through go this is totally normal everybody does this or whatever so yeah. oh okay cool that really don't feel so bad so absolutely well, speaking about like uh being uncomfortable let's talk tell me like an epic fail in your business something that happened and, and the lesson you learned when that happened yeah. I, I think that the one that I often talk about is in my very first business, you know, we were producing uh, really large festivals and events. And one of our events was Spring Jam Music Fest. And it was the first year it was a two day music festival and, um, you know, about like 4,000 people each day. So uh, that particular year, Ed Sheeran was set to perform on day two, which was huge because this was like right at about the time he was like breaking loose. And um, in day one, we started to get rain. And, you know, as you know, I mean, not a lot of people enjoy coming to an outdoor festival when it's raining. Right. So the, although we had had good ticket sales in advance, a lot of the money that we make is when people come to the event. And of course, a lot of ticket sales would be day of. Yeah. So we ended up losing. Nobody came, you know, bought tickets the day of. And we didn't have all the beer sales and all the concession sales you would normally have. It stormed and poured that night, literally flooded the site. And so the next day we had to change the schedule. Ed Sheeran's team was like, I'm not sure we want to let him perform on this stage. Like it kind of looks like a hazard. I mean, we had to, we literally were taking towels out of the hotel room across the street and sopping up water off the stage. I mean, I, I was like, if I survive this, it's going to be a freaking miracle. So, all this to say, it, it went off. Like we, we did it. Ed performed, people had so much fun. It was raining, they were in rain boots. I mean, it, the, people could not have had more fun in the rain than they had that day. Yeah. So we did what we always do. We wrap up the festival, we go run all the financials, we run all the stuff through, and we had lost $30,000 in one day, one day. 
And this was like about a year and a half into my first business. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, mm, I don't even know what to do now. And, and I will tell you, there was a moment where I thought, I'm just going to go back and get a corporate job. Like, I don't know if I can handle this. And, you know, it took some time to figure out like how to reconcile what had happened and what we would do about it. Like, what if it happened again? And how were we going to mitigate this with the following festival, which was two months later? And, you know, all these, these big questions. Um, so I guess the moral of that story is, I think a few lessons learned. One is you need often a little time and space to process. So like if I had made a decision the day I realized I had lost $30,000, I would have made a bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. So I need a lot of bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I had that, <laughs> but it's like, I needed the time to process it and to let the emotion fall out of it and to really back up and be like, okay, like this is, this happens in this industry. Like, what am I going to do with it? You know, I think number two is you do have to plan for risk. You know, it is part of what we navigate through in a business and it's part of becoming comfortable with it. And I can say now I'm way more comfortable with risk than I was in the early stages of owning a business, yeah. but it comes with time. And so here I would say, you know, it just kind of depends on how long you've been running your business. And especially if it's even a new business and say you're in your second or third business, you're starting all over again. It's, it's just, it's going to take time. Um, and then I think, you know, that business and, and where this eventually led was I chose to sell it. I just, after we were profitable, we were, I mean, everything was going well. We were in like the third year of business and I started to realize I was not in love with it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so a big lesson that came from that was like, you don't have to stay in a business that you don't love, you know, and many, many people will, they'll stay trapped in it. But I'm like, dude, that's like going to work for somebody else. That's what happens when you work a corporate job. Like you've now created your own box and your own life of hell and you're keeping yourself stuck in it. So it's like, extrapolate the lesson inside any business. It's like, is there something that's not working for you that you are still gripping onto with like cold, dead hands and you're refusing to change it even though it is making you miserable? So for me, that was a huge lesson because now I can apply it in my current business just to say, is this working for us? You know, do we want to keep doing this? Does something need to change? Like, how do we <laughs> I think it's a great, and I just want to pause and even like, let's like talk about this a little bit because I think you're right. And sometimes people think they just, they have to stay, they have to continue. Yeah. And why you, you know, as the business owner, you have the opportunity to build it the way you want and do it the way you want. And we feel this happened to me, as you know, cause I sold my other yeah. too. I had two businesses going for a while. I'm like, Oh, this will be fine. I'll just run both of them. You know? But, you know, the chapter had closed over there for me on my the homeschool business. My kids were in school and I was like so into the business marketing and courses. And, and so eventually then sold it. But same thing. I was like, I'm just not loving this anymore. I mean, it's going yeah. well. It was, you know, it was, it was easy, a very streamlined business, but it was like not where my passion was. And I think if I just had stayed over there for the sake of it, I don't know. I'm sure now maybe I think maybe I should have kept my homeschool business because all the homeschooling that's going on. 
but no, um, <laughs> because I just, it's too hard for me to talk about, you know, homeschooling first graders when I have seniors and stuff. So it was yeah. something I had to let go of, but and I'm, and it was hard to start all over as I know you're probably thinking yeah. the same thing. Like, oh my gosh, do I want to start all over? But you have to have that passion. I mean, that's part, that's a big part of why we do what we do. Like you gave me at the beginning of this, your reason why, you know, what, what you're trying to do. And if we lose that or it changes because we do change and we do evolve and there are different seasons to our lives. And just like me, I was so passionate. I love the homeschooling. But then once my kids were in school for three or four years, it was kind of like, (laughs) started to decline. And I'm like, I really realized what I did love more was the marketing and the business of running the business. So, mm-hmm. you know, one could be leading to something else too, right? I'm sure you so much about running a business and what you love, what you didn't love, what you want to do better the next time. And it, it just, um, it's all stepping stones. Yeah, without a doubt. And it, I think that that really is it. You know, my friend Stephanie calls it the glass box, you know, and she's like, as business owners, we often create our own glass box. You know, we find ourselves in a circumstance where it's like, you know, I mean, it could be anything. It could be the what you're selling. It could be how you're selling it or marketing it. It could be the people you've now surrounded yourself with, like your team. It could be office space you're in. I mean, there's, there's so many things, but I think we, we sometimes just think we don't have a choice. And what I argue is that as a business owner, you have nothing but choice and that's the gift. So make another choice. If it's not working for you anymore, like you have that ability. So why would you not? Yeah, it's hard, but you can do it. Absolutely. You do it. it. It's not always an easy choice. No. Right? Well, no. when is running a business ever been easy? <laughs> there can be easy moments, but right. I wouldn't say as a whole, it's an easy choice. <laughs> no, it's not, but one I would never trade, right? <laughs> Amen. Right there with you. Well, speaking of moments, um, was there a moment or an actual, like just a situation or a moment when you realized, oh my gosh, like I'm really embodying this whole work less, make more approach to my business, something that happened or something that you were able to do where you just were like, oh, this is working for me. Or this is, this is the life I was thinking about when I started thinking about, you know, having my own business, the freedom and all of that. I mean, I think for me, it typically comes at windows of time where I sit down to plan. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but it's like, I'm, I'm a very routine planner and we teach that inside the collective. So it's like every quarter I'm sitting down to plan ahead and every year I'm sitting down to plan ahead. So like right now I'm working on 2021. You guys have it. You have an excellent, I still use your planner stuff. I'm so glad. <laughs> the CEO day I still have on my calendar. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, but you know, it's now when I look at, you know, the year ahead, I recognize how much easier it is, you know, and part of that is because we're not just throwing stuff at the wall and trying to see what works. It's like, we now have figured out one thing that really does work and we can put more effort and energy behind it. And so I would say, you know, for me, it's often in the reflection. It's not when I'm caught in it where I can see that it's usually when I back up from it, I'm like, Oh, we have created space in our business. You know, we now have time to like really serve in a better way because we're not like just in the hamster wheel anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that the hamster wheel is an important part of the journey to be clear. Like, I think it helps you learn, yeah. but yeah, I mean, for me, I, I always notice it when I'm doing planning. Mm, that's interesting. I would never think that, but yeah, that <laughs> makes, it makes sense. Cause you're looking at 
okay, I, this doesn't have to be as hard. Like you said, you can streamline, you can leverage things and you've got something going that's working. So yeah, it, it's great. Okay, great. Well, thank you. This has been amazing. Tell people how to connect with you and what the best place is to, to get a hold of you if they want more information about you and Hatch Tribe. Yeah, of course. So everything for Hatch Tribe is we, we fortunately have the Hatch Tribe handle. So uh, Hatch Tribe on Instagram, Hatch Tribe on Facebook. And of course, our website is HatchTribe.com. And I would say if you, if you don't feel like you're part of a community where you have that support that you really want, you know, to be surrounded by other business owners and to connect, the collective is a great thing. So you can find that at HatchTribe.com slash collective and enrollment's open. So you can join us anytime. Um, and if you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at um, Hillary PJ. Uh, and usually I'm posting photos of me hiking or outdoors because that's what I like to do when I am not working. Yes, I know you do. <laughs> when, what you were traveling too when we could travel. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. The, the traveling, God willing, will come back. It just I know. Too much this year. I'm wet, ready. I am totally ready to go. So hopefully that'll be coming soon. I'm just if both. not. We're, I'm just going to do some like within the United States. Yeah trips. We're already like looking at, okay, let's just, there's plenty of places I haven't been yet in the United States, but let's go. Right. I actually the other night sat around and looked at like RVs and I thought, should I just buy one and just do that? For We're the thinking of doing the same thing. <laughs> We want to, once the kids graduate, we're talking about, you know, doing some little trips and getting one of those cute little vintage RVs. So okay, I really well, let want me know one. Whether I, I'm not a camper by any means, but it just looks so cute. Mm -hmm. My husband's like, I think we should rent one first. So fair <laughs> enough. I respect that. I think he's right. <laughs> All right, Hillary. Well, thank you so much. And you guys check out Hash Tribe for a great place to find community and some great business mentoring by... Um, Hillary here. So thank you so much. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for dropping in and spending time with me. Does your dream of working less seem a bit closer after that episode? Mine does. And I hope you got some juicy nuggets to inspire and move you closer to your goals. And if you're wondering if you are ready to do this, Hop over and take the Create Your Course quiz for instant results on your next step in the course process, createyourcoursequiz.com. Check the show notes for all the links at DonnaAshton.com forward slash podcast. Before you go, if you enjoyed the conversation, make sure to subscribe to the show to get new episodes each Thursday as they come out. And if you're on the Apple Podcast app and want to leave us a quick review and some love, that will help spread the word to motivate others to work less and make more.